Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Can you hear me all right? I can. How's it going? Everything's good. Where boats are you, brother? I'm in Toronto and I'm heading to Los Angeles. Nice, nice. So I... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, my brother, I know you got some, a little bit of time to kill, but I know you're also busy. So uh, thank you for the cat video, man. You made my week. <laughs> oh, God, God. Um, I think I actually have about 45. Is that okay? Yep, yep, no problem. I appreciate Killer. it. Killer. Thank you. Yeah. No, so, uh, let me just start off by saying I, I sometimes I do an introduction. I let my, my guests do an introduction to, well, I mean, people know who you are. If they don't, they can find yeah. you pretty easily. Uh, I just want to give you some props, though, uh, bro. I find you to be uh, one of the most polite, respectable, uh, accessible, and interactive on Twitter. One of the you're just a good guy on Twitter. Nobody's a good guy on Twitter. <laughs> it's just so easy to be such a dick. And you, you thanks, man. You thank everyone for their shares, and you almost replied. I think you do a good job of getting back to almost everyone, regardless of their following count. You know how it's so. Oh, I'm a big yeah. star. You know, I don't reply to the guys with 45 followers. Uh, it seems like you give everybody some love out there. So good on you, bro. Thanks. Thanks, man. I, it's a strange thing. Like when I look back, it did take a little bit of effort. Like now I like to say, oh, you know, it's easy to be nice to people. You know, it's, it's natural. Just be kind. But it actually did take a little effort to start to see that even when somebody seemed like they were being mean, that really was never about me. It's about them. It's about how they feel. It's about what they're afraid of or it's something that's bothering them or it's some tension that they have. Once you start to realize that, then you don't take offense to many things, you know? Once you start, like, rarely taking offense to things, you start to appreciate most things. You look and you're like, even if somebody sent you a grumpy comment or something that they intended to offend you, right. if it doesn't offend you, then, you know, you, you recognize it for what it is. Somebody spending yeah. their, their time or effort to reach out to you. You know what I mean? It's it, over time. It does take a little effort to see things that way, but that's years ago. Now I put in that effort. Now it's very natural. Now I just really like people like yeah. for the most part, most interactions have some true value, even if it's just value to remind you to be grateful or remind you to be in a good mood or remind you to treat, treat people good. Yeah, and I think you're very good at expressing gratitude as well. And it's so easy. It's like when you get in your car, it's so easy to get the road rage. And I defaulted to that for many years, driving in Toronto as a, you know, a courier driver, you know, my earlier years. And, and just, this, uh, you know, I was living by this um, motto, I guess it's for lack of a better term. It, it kind of went like this. Well, I'm in real estate, so you know I make multiple mm -hmm. signatures, and my, my signatures just a scratch. It, it doesn't take very long to do. And you know, somebody would comment, "Oh, that's quite the signature." I'm like, "Time, <laughs> time is money." Was the motto yeah. I lived from. So, hmm. when time was money at the Avondale store with the old lady picking out her lottery tickets. I was burning mad in my car and road rage. And wow. then it's late. I was burning, burning, burning. I'm realized I'm the only guy that's getting tortured by it, and it was just a. Mm -hmm. A pretty simple paradigm shift to uh, to the realization that really all I have on this godforsaken planet is time. 
That's and right. When my time's up, it's up, and I won't know the difference when it is. And you know, it, it, I went from time is money to all I have is time, and what a what a huge shift it was for me. And I think it's the same behind your keyboard. So I try to hear people mm. because I, I'm a pretty successful. I'm getting better at trolling because well, there's a there's a purpose <laughs> to it, right? And it, it's building yeah. the account and awareness and creating conversations and just just slagging on people if they, if you get off on that kind of thing. But <laughs> you know, when you I've been fascinated by trying to build my Twitter and my YouTube channel, and hey, it's it's all been working. So. I think it's so easy to get offended immediately. So now what I try and hear, I try and hear these obviously derogatory, hurtful comments at you as a buddy just slagging on me. And you laugh at me. Yeah. And I think it's it's become a lot easier to go, first of all, I don't know what you're going through, dude, but you're certainly unhappy. And I try to make light of it and just be a joker out of it. So that's... For sure. There's a... Yeah, but once the effort's been put in, the effort is to change you, right? That's the effort always. Um, some people call it emotional, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, not exercise. Yeah, like, it's like, you know, you have to like, do the emotional li- heavy lifting of yourself. Because right. oh, okay. you're, you're not going to change any people. Like, you're not going to change the people who cut you off. You're not going to change the woman in the line that irritates you. You're only going to change you. If you change you, you're the main character in your story anyways. If you change the main character, the main character will change how you interact with all of the other characters in your movie, right? All of the other characters' personalities will change when yours changes. And if they do the same, they're the main character of their movie and you're just a character in it. If they change themselves, it'll change you. And that's a very simple principle, but when you really think about it, it's true, you know? But there's a lot in what you said there. You know, I think about this sometimes. you know, time is money is one way that you used to view time. Now I look at two things simultaneously. One is life is short. Um, uh, two is um, there's a lot we want to do. So we don't have time to waste. But three is we're not in a hurry. Somehow we have to not be in a hurry at the same time as we understand we shouldn't waste our time because life is short. You have to figure that out. And, and what, something you just said earlier made me think of this. So let's say my plane is late. My, and so this just happened to me. I was going to Africa to commentate fights. My plane was late leaving Toronto, not because there was anything going on in Toronto, because it was connecting in Montreal. Montreal had a snowstorm, so they wouldn't let us take off. By the time we even left Toronto, my connection from Montreal to Paris and my connection from Paris to Belgium were gone, right? So I haven't even left yet, and that is factually true. All my tickets are gone. Now, I have one problem. I, I don't have flights, but I could have two problems. I don't have flights, and I'm fucking stressed out, and my brain is going crazy, <laughs> right? And, and if you think about that logically, that doesn't mean it's easy to do, but logically speaking, you only have a single problem. That problem is a, a you know, scheduling issue. Mm-hmm. But if you now have a scheduling issue and mental health issue, you're stressed, your fear, your anxiety, you're sweating, you're, you're freaking out, that, that's now a problem that you just created. That only exists because your mind made that and it makes all the other things worse. So that factual truth is sitting there for you to deal with, but that doesn't mean it's easy. That's where the 
the emotional labor. That was the word I was looking for. That was where the psychological labor comes in is you have to figure out how to be able to live in a world where you keep the one problem. You don't add the problem of I'm mad or scared or stressed out about it. And once you add that other problem, it multiplies. And now you have a million new problems. Now you, now you were short with your wife on the phone. Now you were rude to somebody in the line. Now you pissed off the, the airline. Like you create all these new problems. All you had was one and now you have a bunch. And the reason you have a bunch is because you lost your shit. Yeah, and I think we're not good at acknowledging the impact of those decisions too. Like you just you just named off of, you're not nice to your wife, and you do this, and you go to work, and your bad and your boss takes it home, and it goes around the planet. Yeah. You really don't get it. And I think once we really sit down and go, oh, geez, that way of being didn't work for me, and the whole universe yeah. suffered because of it. That's and right. all I have to do is shift that. Yeah. And it's great. I love how you just alluded to, I was just saying this the other day, I'm very political and I, I'm pretty sure you stay out of politics and God bless you for that. I, I think it's a good, wise choice for you. It's nothing but frustration, but somebody was slagging on Trump the other day saying how, you know, what, what kind of, what kind of lack of empathy do you have to have to write down the five points when he was speaking to the school kids or whatever he was speaking to at a, very emotional mm -hmm. event and he had some notes and uh i just got uh refreshed with your rogan uh interview there which uh, you guys together are just so sweet it's so too cool to see yeah, i love that two, guy. two dangerous that guy. men just being pussy cats you know hanging out and being guys and really and being free to, and and i was saying you know when the lights are on i said this about don cherry too when they fired him when the red light is on you're, you're in the middle of the interview or you're broadcasting live from a radio station, suddenly you can't remember anyone's name. Your brain For goes sure. to mush and you're like, oh, I can, I can, you know, I can describe 20 attributes of the guy, but I can't put my name on it, can't put my finger on it. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool because you cop to it and you're like, what? Uh, Matt Brown, or it was, was it Matt Brown you're trying to think of? Anyways, I thought it, it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's... So I don't so much stay out of politics as I look at it from a very distant 3,000, like 30,000 feet from a third right. party. I look at the process. So I'm rarely interested in a debate or, a, or an issue. This guy's good. You know, Trump is good. Trump is bad. This caused this. this. Like, I'm rarely interested in that. What yeah. I am interested in is the mechanism of how and why people are arguing. And the very fascinating thing, there's a lot of reasons for it, but part of it is we emulate the behavior that we see and people argue on television they've been doing it since we were kids they get a guy who feels this way and a guy who feels the opposite and they yell at each other and we do that too and we we do it you know monkey see monkey do you know that that's part of our genetic code uh, some of our ancestors would figure out eventually after many generations how to take a stick and stick it down an anthill and pull out some ants and eat it now if we all copied that we'd all eat we started eating, right? So it's, it's a very valuable, very valuable thing in humanity that we do emulate each other, but it can be bad too. So we see people yelling at each other on TV and that becomes a very normal behavior because it's everywhere. So I'm often watching that and I'm often watching how similar the two sides who are very polar opposites, they believe this and they believe the opposite. When they yell at each other or when they're mad at each other, they're very similar. And the one issue that happens is we all do this, we look, and we see somebody who believes different than us. Now, we know that they were brought up different than us. They, what they see is different. The, the news that they see, the information they gain, it's, you know, Google is sending them information that reinforces what they believe. We look at that and we go, man, those people are crazy and they don't know it. What we rarely do is say, so are we. 
Like it isn't me versus them. It's all of us caught in this mechanism where we are being encouraged to argue with each other, to debate everything, to believe strongly about things, mostly things that we just saw other people see on a box. You know, we don't, and I can use martial arts as a simple example because that's what I study. I'll study martial arts since I was a little child and I study it and I'm, I've developed an expertise in it. People who, who rarely have consumed anything to do with this, with this art form, will argue with me or Joe Rogan or Michael Bisping or big John McCarthy, the ref, they'll argue with them because they are sure they're right. But Joe has spent 40 years of his life studying martial arts. The person arguing has almost no real information, and yet they still strongly believe they are correct. So we do that all the time. So I'm interested in that mechanism, um, but I rarely get caught up in the one topic because mm. I'm not super interested in other people's opinions because I'm not super interested in my opinion. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm looking for thing, for as much truth as possible. Truth okay. is very difficult to find, but to find it, you have to suspend forming an opinion or jumping to a conclusion for as long as humanly possible. Yeah, I pat myself on that a little bit uh, for my latest shift because I just turned 51 years old and the last few years for me have been a political mindset shift over, I mean, the left, I used to be a lefty. I ran seven elections for the Green Party, and it doesn't get more left than that. But the left went away from me when they were talking about guns and free speech and gender issues and and abortion, everything. I've kind of come over to the center right. And I realized that most of us in the bell curve are the fat, we're in the fat part where the moderate middle is, liberals and conservatives alike. We all have common values. It's always these wing that's put on the edges and there's very few of them that have this big loud voice now and we- They speak the loudest. We think that they, 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 they speak for everyone on the left, but really they're really just radical and, and there's not many of them. So, and, and it's, you know, I've come a long way and it took and a certain openness to be able to go, oh, okay, so this is what I've been preaching all this time with my Green Party uh, mm-hmm. training, because as a candidate, your personal beliefs don't mean anything. You stand for the party, that's it. And then I went, hey, wait a second. You know, I watch a few bitter videos on Steven Crowder or whoever, Ben Shapiro. I'm like, oh, geez, they got a point there. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. And then once the shift gradually took place and I started noticing it, the pain that I experienced was unbelievable. And Jordan Peterson says, that's what you think you change the lens of the way you see life and it's not going to cause pain. No, it's, it's very difficult and I'm very loyal. And I think I had a, some separation anxiety from my former beliefs. Like, what do you mean? I don't believe that. Anymore. Yeah. I'm lost. Who am I? Right. Even my yeah. friends are looking right. at me and go, I yeah. thought I knew you, man. Who are yeah. you now? Yeah. You know, right. I can't, I can't yeah. give Trump some props for doing a good job on the borders without being a, a homophobe or a, a you know a misogynist or what have you so let's uh, well open this yeah there's a, yeah there's a lot there man when you think about everything that you just said one is change and growth happens from tension right it happens from pressure it happens from pain hard work that's how change happens do mm. lots and lots of work with a muscle it will grow but it'll hurt That's what happens, right? So as you change the way you see the world, you change the way you interface with everyone, that's supposed to be, feel. you're supposed to feel tension. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, But, you know, I think about, when you you talk about radical, 
radical ideas are things that exist way on the outside and they always create tension but when there's one over here there tends to almost always be one over here otherwise we would just be like whoa that's crazy but then when you pull it it starts to pull society pull thoughtful people in different directions like radical is it's a during times of change like when you really try to think about what's going on the world is changing we're changing the way we understand the world is changing the meaning of things things we were told meant a certain thing now start to mean something different as society the way, ways of thinking the way it all changes so we're supposed to be pushed and pulled but when it's changing as fast as it is you're bound to have hard pulls to the outside and in the grand scope hopefully that they balance each other out. And like you said, where we all kind of agree is where we all end up sitting. That's the goal, right? That's the ideal is that we all end up sitting. And it's part of the, the flaw too, where you see that tension is things that were really defined easy. We're always looking for easy ways to define complex things. That's what humans do. We look, we take something highly complicated and we try to find an easy way to explain it, which is weird. Again, it's, it's evolutionarily valuable because when you're just trying to get to the root of something, figure out how to eat or how to stay safe, that's valuable. But yeah. we, things are very, when we do that with really complicated things, we create problems. So when we said, if you are a conservative or you're a liberal, you must believe these 37 things and they have to believe these 90 things. It's like, on what planet would you have to fit into one category like that? Now, we thought we did because that's what they told us. Then as we started to think a little bit differently, we're like, hey, wait a second. I could believe this politically and this emotionally and this for human rights ways and this about the environment and this about because I'm complex and these things are all complex. So as that starts to happen, you'll get this fragmentation. <laughs> what we used to say, you're either this or this. It's like, I can't be either of those things. They're both fucking crazy. They're both so so stru highly structured. Like if I feel this way about taxes, I have to feel this way about abortion. How the fuck is that connected? Right. <laughs> so every, everything was forced to be into two things. Now we started thinking, and our what we're trying to do is go, well, maybe we can find 12 things and I'll find the one where I fit. But truthfully, we're never gonna fit too comfortably. We're all individuals, we're all very similar, but we're all very different individuals. So that's what some of that tension is. You don't know where you fit, your friends don't know where you fit, and where you fit today, you won't fit in seven weeks or 11 weeks or 30 weeks. And I think that's good. I think in the long run, that's really good. In the short run, what's it doing? It's creating tension. Why? Because change is hard. <laughs> change is hard. But that's how I like to look at things is from that outside perspective where I'm not emotionally connected to it. I don't care about a wall here or, or how somebody handles a virus there. Those things deeply matter, but also it matters that somebody pulls themselves out from it and tries to take a look at how it's all playing out. And that's how I tend to do it. I, and I don't know how I got there, but probably through the process of studying one thing very deeply for a long time. I study martial arts, I study human movement, I study thinking and in, in, in fighting. And you study any one thing for a long time and you start to see patterns. So sort of a universal way that all things ultimately connect. And that thing is change 
ultimately change it. Everything is always changing. And yet we humans are trying to figure out a way to identify something, make sense of it all. And even sometimes we're making sense of something that made sense four years ago, but it took us four years to get here. By the time we figure it out, we're four years in the past of understanding the present, right? And, and so I think that's a big, when you look at it that way, you're like, okay, a lot of the tension in the world, a lot of people, whether it's political or religion, war, conflict, the internet, whatever it is, somebody is frightened generally about change and somebody is sitting there questioning what you know and what you believe and we're supposed to question what we believe and it's supposed to be hard. And when we do it and it's hard and we kind of freak out and we kind of get mad, that's that I think is the tension we're going through right now. And hopefully it works itself out. Not too many bad things have to happen in the process and we all kind of get to a point where we're like, oh, all right, we're trying to take an ever-changing thing and find concrete ways to explain it. That's part of our problem. Robin, I really appreciate your heart, man. You're such a, a great leader. I want to talk a little bit about mentorship and your thoughts on masculinity, but I, I heard in the conversation with you some uh, your thoughts on lessons in losing. I said to a guy the other day, uh, I, I was experienced, you know, I, I, I um, operate as a, um, a support um, what do they call it? Course leader support in a, in a program called Landmark Forum. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but you're just taking care of the main guy that gives the, the whole weekend uh, program. You're cooking his food, you're picking him up, you're taking him. It's long days. And it, for me, it gave me some freedom because I didn't have to be in the room the whole time. And I was only accountable to the main guy, like the boss, the guy mm -hmm. that ran everything. And, and I did it a few times. And I, I don't know if it was the first or second time I failed badly so badly they took me off the detail because with those guys everything's about integrity being your word being where you're supposed to be at the right time not and being able to be counted on and i was just i'm looking to get back into it at some level and i was talking to a guy at the at the business the other day and he's like dude i almost go into stuff now hoping i fail because if i hit a home run i never learn anything if i strike out yeah. 10 times in a row i'm really digging deep yeah. i'm really learning something so i appreciate your thoughts because you're a competitor and and you look at these guys and analyze all the break down all the fights and stuff like that what do you take away as far as lessons and news and man that's a heavy one you know <laughs> well you're um, a deep drinker <laughs> yeah well winning I mean, it's a process of many, many losses and readjustments. All women. Mm, we forget at that. anything, right? Like all victory is a series of lose, try again, lose, try again. Like nobody ever. I mean, um, you're Canadian. There was a uh, a guy who was a Zamboni driver who got pulled into the goal uh, at, the, yeah. at a Maple Leafs game and played played goal why did that fucking touch us so much right one is it was his dream the guy lived his dream but the other one was the idea that you could just come off the bench and somehow do it you know what i mean that if we could just if you had your shot at the best pitcher in the world you could hit that home run if you had the chance to go up and and you know i've, I've seen people step up to do comedy or to do um, freestyle storytelling or rapping or whatever they do and fail miserably because in their mind they were like I'll just open my mouth and it'll be great uh -huh. that's not how anything works you go you suck you get better you fail you're afraid but in the process of that most people quit 
they only it can handle one setback or two or three, but the process of getting somewhere is a process of continuing to go back again and again and again and deploy whatever lessons you've learned and try it again with a new understanding or some new knowledge about yourself. That's everything. Like that's life. Um, in fact, I have a very good friend, uh, Graham Isidore. He's at Press Gang on Twitter and he writes for Vice and we've, we've worked on a bunch of projects together, but we're working on kind of an idea of a book. And a very loose title was kind of like failing your way to success, right? The idea, I mean, you failing up, some people say, but it's like going into something. You, you push yourself right to the maximum of what you're capable of. If you succeed, great, set it higher. If you succeed, great, set it higher, because ultimately you're going to set it till you fail. And that's going to be a part, or you stay where it's safe. That's okay too. That's all right too. But the, the, the idea of failing, of you know setting out to do something and believing you're capable of it and then finding out that you are not dealing with that pain because now you have a new reality i mean most people kind of think that's why you see all these videos some of which i get to break down where somebody will just start fighting outside of a nightclub or over something and you see them i see the moment in their face where they're suddenly like holy shit i don't know how to fight <laughs> it's like like i i don't know how to fight i, I you know oh, and, but in yeah, exactly. But in their mind, they thought, well, if and when that happens, I'm going to like stand up, I'll knock the guy out and all the girls in the bar will fall in love with me. And, you know, people will throw a party for me. They'll talk about me for generations. In the back of their mind, that's what's happening. But because we all like to think that if there was a burning building, we'd run in and save the baby. If there was a car on a woman, we'd be the one to pick it up. But that's not true. And you need to find out that truth. And you find out that truth by failing. You accept that failure. You accept the, the lessons. You decide to go back and improve the things you learned. And then you go forth again. That's life. That's everything in life. That's, that's how you do anything. Um, and uh, it's a scary thing. I mean, I, I meet some people that are like 17, 18, 19. I'm blown away by how smart they are. Or like people really kind of give young people a bad rap these days. But other times you see people and they have like got 16th place trophies and never lost anything. And, and they are afraid to try sometimes. We've done them a disservice. Maybe we parented. We have terrible parenting strategies and we did them a very big disservice. You, you cannot fear failure. You have to embrace it. You have to move towards it until it happens. Take the pain because it is painful, but all change is painful. All growth is painful. Um, adapt, improve, study yourself, take some lessons and go forth. That's life. Mm -hmm. How do you see our, the state of uh, masculinity today? I think, you know, things have changed quite rapidly. And I, I, I hear many, you know, for decades we've been talking about, you know, the, the effects on feminism and stuff like this. And, and I see a, a lack of leadership, a lack of fatherless uh, homes, or sorry, too many fatherless homes, and uh, I just wonder, it, you know, how your leadership and your mentoring might manifest in in your career now that you're, you know, hmm. doing what you're doing. Like you, you mentioned, you're meeting these young guys. Do you have any words of advice or anything that you specialize, or any concerns that you see with today's today's young men, especially? I'm not sure. You know, I'd, I'd have to really think about it because I'm not, the world changes. And so what's needed from them does change. What's needed to be a young man does change. You know, what's needed to, and it isn't necessarily the things that we learned. The things that we have 
always seem to be important. I know it's scary when the world is sometimes saying, don't, I mean, shit, like I was taught by my mother to open doors for women. Mm-hmm. Now I am told that's a bad thing. Oh, no, no, it's never that, a bad thing. Yeah. I still get, no, I get I know. the door for my niece. I don't care yeah. what girl yeah. it is, you know, yeah. especially yeah. At the, in the car, you know. I was uh, going to the car yeah. a couple of years ago, and even when my niece was like eight, nine years old, and I'd walk around and, and get the passenger door of the car, and there was an older guy getting in his truck with his wife, and his wife's on the other side of the car, and she looks at me, and I look at him, and I'm getting the door for her, and he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was blown sure. away. He's like, yeah. he, he didn't say anything, but he says, you're making me look bad here. There was a time when that yeah. guy used to open the door for his wife, and it just, he yeah. gets yeah. too comfortable. I never yeah, did. so that's why I think about it that way, is because, there's a lot of things going on. Like I believe if things are changing, sometimes try to understand how they've changed. And rarely, like we try to avoid, we, technology is an easy example of this. When you won't accept that technology is changing, intense, intense pressure and stress and tension happens. And I've seen it in companies I work for where suddenly the internet changes. You're doing a podcast. So I'm talking to you from the airport. This is different now. Right? We live in a different world. But if I work in a particular certain television places, they literally I've worked at places they're like, we don't use Skype. It's like, why not? It's like, well, it's that's a lower quality. Now you're you're resisting the, the you're not accepting the truth of how things have changed. And that's that's hard. So then I look at that and it's like my mom taught me to hold doors open for, for women. That's what I was taught as a child to be a good man, to be a good person. Now the world is telling me that's different. So part of me needs to accept that that part of the world has changed. When I fight it too hard, when I fight it too hard, that creates, we were talking about the tension in me, the stress in me. I'm mad. I don't like the way the world is going now, but it doesn't do anything to the world. It doesn't do anything to the people that tell me not to do that. It's only me it's affecting. So what I do now, my answer to that is I open the door for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying like, I don't know where someone said that that was, that I was being, I was undermining a female or I was somehow belittling her by opening the door. Well, so I, now I open the door for men, women, children, dogs, everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, sure. And, and of course you could. But so what, what, what the world is asking me to do is understand that it has changed and find the way to make sense of that to me. What it's asking the people who are men, mad at me because I opened the door. What it's asking them to do is understand that I was taught this, to do it as a good intent, taught by a good woman, by a good father, by a good mother, to do this as a kindness, and that I'm not being a dick to the world or whoever I open the door for. Uh, So the world is asking the person who's mad at me for doing that to understand that I'm doing it out of kindness, not out of undermining or being overly mean to somebody. That's what it's asking them. And what it's asking me to do is understand that they see the world differently now and figure out how to make that work for all of us. And that's not easy. That's not easy. Um, but that's what it's asking me to do. Um, so I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things that I don't yet have an opinion on. And I do it on purpose. I literally resist forming an opinion or jumping to a conclusion. I've talked about it a fair bit recently. I came across it from Robert Greene. It's called Negative Capability. So Robert Greene wrote a number of books. One's called Mastery. It's a brilliant book. I would tell anybody to read this book. It's wonderful. It looks at some of the great masters in their fields 
and how they did them, what the process of it was for them. And there's lots of similarities, lots of practice, lots of study, good mentors, and but there's lots of unique individual things. But he talks about as you reach mastery in studying things, negative capability is intentionally, even though it's hard, um, resisting the the need, the human need to explain everything, the human need to form an opinion or create a judgment or jump to a conclusion. We need, the world is a scary place. We are fragile creatures. We're always looking for explanations. But if you resist that urge to explain it for as long as humanly possible, you have big breakthroughs. And um, uh, what's his name? Einstein, the theory of relativity. He got there by not jumping to a conclusion on his issue for 10 fucking years. He lived in a state of uncertainty intentionally for 10 years until he had that breakthrough. So by sometimes by fighting that, we and I see all the time when I bring this up to people, I'll say, you know what, man, if you just fight, fight the urge to form an opinion too strongly, you'll you'll have big breakthroughs. And they'll say, I have a right to my opinion. Of course you do. But it's a trap. It's a trap sometimes. Sometimes forming a strong opinion is a trap. You get trapped there, stuck there, looking for other things that relate to that. Whereas if you just rejected that opinion, rejected that conclusion for a day, a week, a month, uh, a year, you might see the entire world differently. It's been a big thing for me. If I'm not sure, if I don't know, if I'm sitting there and I'm and something doesn't feel right, rather than try to quickly form an opinion based on what I already know, I'll resist that for as long as possible. And that's like what I was saying about about how the world views me being a man and how it differs from when I was a child, yeah. you know, 45 years ago, how I saw the world and how different it is now. I could fight to have a, a strong opinion about that. But if I resist it, uh, I'll think I'll see the world differently a month from now. And so that's where I'm at with some of those things. And, and it creates tension, but sometimes not as much tension as arguing with the world. You know? Yeah, exactly. I love your uh, recent tweet that was saying, just go and grab a skill. You feeling stuck? Go, you, can, you can get a skill, a skill yeah. from YouTube. I'm trying to learn editing software right now. I'm getting it from a 12-year-old YouTube video. Like, it's so easy. And I guess that leads yep. into this idea. I know you're, you're pretty mastered in, in this type of philosophy, the performance mindset. I really, I really love your, your idea that mm. talent times effort equals skill and skill times effort and the idea is is effort is showing up twice here and you're getting different results skill times effort yeah. equals accomplishment i just oh, wow i love yeah. that and i love your focus on effort yeah. like you're born with talent you can develop a skill but effort we we've all, yep. we all we're all in charge of yep. how much effort we give and uh, i just appreciate your thoughts on that too yeah yeah, well, and that that is the one thing you may be in control of, yes. So that concept I got from, I think the book is called Grit. I'm pretty sure that's where that comes from. And it was written by, I'm pretty sure, I hope I'm not wrong, but um, it is one of the books I recommend. And it, I think if it's the one I think, there's 10 or 15 books on thinking and on and on understanding how and why you do things and skill development and those things but grit i believe is the one let me just i'm going to pull it up super quick because it's such a great book um grit by 
Angela Duckworth, I believe that's the book. Basically the concept, the, the root of this type of thinking starts with the, the growth mindset, right? There's two ways you can view yourself. The fixed mindset says, I am what I am. You know, as strong as I am is how strong I am. As smart as I am is how smart I am. As fast as I can run, that's, just, that's, that's what I am. That's what I am. That's the fixed mindset. You are fixed. Your, your, your skills and attributes are fixed. The growth mindset says, I am what I am today. But if I deploy effort and study and skill development and practice, I will grow. Right? That's the growth mindset. And that mindset is the root of almost anything. If you have a problem, you should be able to find a way to grow through it with some kind of effort. Not everything can be fixed, but everything can be at least in relation to where it is now. And if that's what I would say today. If you really aren't sure, like if you're sitting around and you're like, something isn't right, work isn't right, or you don't fucking learn something. Like it's everywhere. If you go onto YouTube and you put in anything that you want to learn it will come up yeah. like and maybe and maybe you have to start at um you know how to think or how to assess the world or how to calm yourself or how to meditate or how to sleep like you know some of these are the root of what's going on for a lot of people if you're not sleeping well if you're not eating well if you're not getting exercise that's where you start that's where you begin because that'll fix up everything just a little bit your mood will get a little better your thought process will get a little clearer and you'll be a little more you optimistic and then now you can learn a new thing and you just learn stuff but yeah the editing program so three years ago i worked at a 24-hour fighting channel and i was on television i would wear a suit and i would build a breakdown and then five or six people would work with me to build those breakdowns on tv we would add it in we'd draw arrows and zooms and whatever music then we'd light the set there'd be two shooters and then a, a director in my ear and then we'd edit it there was six to eight people it took two days I think this was what I love to do. And this is the, this is my art and it's my passion. And I'm so like, so I lost that job. That job ceased to exist. They closed down our production. So I was like, how am I going to do this? Oh, and yeah. slowly, I started to learn it. I have to learn how to edit. Okay. I have to learn how to edit. How do you edit? And I literally went on YouTube and I put, how do you edit in the most simple one I could find now I'm upgrading it and get better. But, and a 12 year old girl popped up and she said, okay, if you click on this button, you'll ah. notice that we'll go here. And now if you press this, look, now you cut and it was like that's how i learned and then oh uh, yes so i'm in a i'm in a little part of the airport no it's no problem i'm in a little part of the airport where it actually just says please don't talk and i, <laughs> I just noticed that so so i hope um so perhaps i've been rude to the people around me i didn't see that i mean it's so so obvious when i look at it now it's sitting right there but so i should um i should actually let me walk this way and see how that goes okay. um, yeah, literally, look. I have no. It's look how. <laughs> but is there people level. around you in their uh, yoga yeah, poses? The level, <laughs> yeah, no, the level of oversight that to actually not not recognize that is pretty pretty. Like you got to be on your own world to not read that but they are pretty small yeah, so but the guy was kind the guy was kind about it he was like you know and he just kind of pointed it at me but um but yeah so think about that for, for for a moment that whole area has been dedicated to people who they're looking for quiet right they're looking for some quiet and then they put up a little sign saying you know this is for people looking quiet this is where they're going to come and i walk in there and i just start talking oblivious to it 
that's on me, right? That is 100% on me. Now, if I were to get short with that guy, or if I was like to be snooty with him, yeah. everything would go wrong right there. Mm. He's in the right, I'm in the wrong. How, and he was pretty cool about it. I mean, he was a little irritated because I'm, you know, I'm, a, uh, do, <laughs> I'm infringing on, on what it's supposed to be, right? But, uh, but uh, yeah, so that's funny. But well, you know, only, what do you do there? You're only in charge of your reaction, I guess. And, and uh, I think as that's we right. get older, hopefully we get more wise and we get more tolerant and we get more accepting. And uh, I know yeah. I, I've certainly softened that way. And, and uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's growth, like you say. And, yeah. and growth usually yeah. comes with a little bit of pain. So, uh, dude. Uh, For gotta, sure. I'll get you out of here just so you got time to finish your drink and whatnot. Uh, I do enjoy the hostilities. I love the phrase. I love bank. Where did, what is, is it just bank some, and I love that Rogan used it. Oh, that clip I put up today. Mm -hmm. Rogan, that yeah. left hook. And he's like, oh, look at this bank. Yeah. I don't even think he knew he said it. Yeah. And I kind of feel yeah. that. He way. uses it in, yeah. He uses it in the broadcast sometimes. Oh, yeah, like in the broadcast actually. on pay-per-view. Which yeah. is really nice. And then he's the just out That's the kind big. of guy he is. <laughs> yeah, I know. Broken it's cool. It's weird. Yeah. You don't know what's going to be the thing. Yeah, you don't know what's going to be the thing. You just keep doing your thing. And, you know, we're 50. Like, you know, and life's starting to make sense now. Like, it takes a long time. You have to learn many, many setbacks and failures and challenges and lessons. And then you sit there and some things are working for you. And because you stayed focused, you kept thinking about growing, you kept trying to learn lessons from setbacks, and you kept going back and going back until you got better and better. And here we are. You know, yeah. that's, that's life. It's, I appreciate uh, how you, you know, broke down. I think it was Matt Brown uh, with the, the the killer elbow shot, and something really stuck with me about that. And I've seen that conversation, but it was a long time ago. I just went back, and it was a couple of years ago, almost now. I think mm -hmm. uh, on with Rogan and uh, seeing the victory shot. Like, I, I wonder how that manifests logistically. If you, if you you know how you get in the zone and you're sinking every ball on the pool table, and then you realize you're in the zone, boom, you're out of it. I think Stephen yeah. Cobb did a, did a book on that. Uh, I can't remember yeah. the name of it now, but uh, yeah, uh, um, that the idea that there was no way for that not to work. He had his left out; it was holding it down, and he mm -hmm. saw that as a fight-ending shot, a victory mm -hmm. shot that was sure to win. And I just went, "Wow, we don't see them very often in life, do we?" Like in the ring, no, at when when you're toe to toe in combat, and I love how Rogan describes it as art. And, and you refer to it as, a, as an art form as well as a, an intellectual dance, even though it's all physical, mm -hmm. it's chess, with some, it's a mind game, right? I yep. just wondered about your, your thoughts on, on seeing that victory shot and knowing that you just can't miss. This is the knockout so, shot. On some level, I think, so first of all, it is all mental, but everything is. People say, oh, fighting's 90% mental. Everything's 100% mental. You know, when I wave this hand, my brain made me do that right? Like everything, like this, the words coming out of my mouth are rooted in my brain. Every, everything you're doing is mental. Like you, they, in fact, maybe the easiest way is they cannot be disconnected. It's all everything. But in that moment, history, when we, when we look back at something, we can, we can add explanation. We can, we can sort of imply meaning or, or project meaning. But after the fact, it was like, look, it was a kill shot. But in the moment, I bet on some level he didn't know. And that's because if it didn't finish it, 
mm. he would have to continue. If he believed it was over, he would literally do it and freeze. You know, you ha it's part of a flow. And it's by not thinking this is victory, this is the way to victory, this is the sure thing, by actually not thinking that, that it's, it makes it happen easier. And this is philosophical, it's metaphoric, it's, it's also cliche, but you know, and this is a different one we're using with Matt Brown, but the idea that you're not, you don't go looking for the knockout, that's a, that's a bit of a metaphor, but it's one in life. It's one in everything, by like the thing you think is going to be the big thing is rarely the thing. What the the victory will come from doing the right things over a long period of time and flowing through it and not gripping the steering wheel too tight and just allowing it all to unfold. And it, the the top sports psychic guys literally say um, uh, that you the idea is to get out of your own way and allow it to happen. And that's, that kind of works for a lot of things, you know? That mm -hmm. idea works for a lot of things. But uh, I left my bag over there, so I that's must right. run. Uh, I do you want to do this again in like a month? I love you too, brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Thanks for being the man that you are and for the generosity. And uh, I hope there's no hostilities on the plane, but much love, my brother. <laughs> no. Yeah, much love, plate. man. Let's do it again right. in a month, okay? Later, okay, All right. Talk okay. To you. Bye. Bye. Robin Black from his iPad. Bink. There you go. Thanks, Robin. Appreciate your time, brother. Thanks, man. Um,